over. Your Bucks postgame show starts now. Welcome to Bucks Talk. Insight, analysis, and your chance to sound off on the game you just heard. Now to break it all down, here's your host, Justin Garcia. Well, not an ideal start to this road trip, as I think this was probably the game you had circled as what you really needed on this five-game swing. Knowing Utah is a place where the Bucks have not really found a lot of success the past few decades, same can be said for Phoenix, and that's a team that's playing very good here. Denver is how you began this trip, and the way that this road trip started, that performance in Denver two days ago, you felt pretty good of, you know, Bucks lost, but there's a lot to be encouraged with. A lot to like from what we saw from this team. They fought all the way till the end. They took that lead early. And another one of those clutch games just ultimately didn't go the Bucks' way. Oh, by the way, in the middle of this, you got Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. And they are going to be very rested as well. Tonight you had circled. Tonight you knew it was going to be interesting. You knew it was going to be emotional for Damian Lillard to make his return to Portland. And it just did not go your way. There was a lot of offense early from both of these teams. Uh, Look, there's a lot you can point to in this one. But I do think, and we heard Doc Rivers essentially echo this, I think it, it ultimately comes down to it is hard to shake the way the Bucks started the fourth quarter. It does not matter who the opponent is. If you have more turnovers than field goals beyond a minute or two in a quarter, that usually leads to disaster. It was a tight game. It was turnover after turnover, and before you knew it, the lead for the Blazers ballooned to 10. Uh, If Portland was doing a better job of taking care of the ball themselves, that lead could have been 20. And at that point, it's probably over. So on one hand, you do want to give credit to the fight that the team showed. Doc Rivers again saying, I was proud of that. I like the fight that we showed. I like the fact that we looked much better defensively in the second half. I, I think where we're at, though, is... Bucks fans have heard that a lot already this year. Hey, we looked better in the second half. They were better in the fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter defensively. And we've talked about this team and their clutch metrics and their ratings in the clutch and what we had heard previously of you know the fourth quarter has to be your best quarter and those last five minutes are very important. This team played that way, and they've continued to do that tonight. The issue is the consistency that you're still striving for the first 43 minutes, and that was certainly not there tonight. 855, or last night, I should say, 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight. Disappointing start to the road trip in Portland as uh, Anthony Simons basically plays the role of Damian Lillard with the game winner, and the Blazers beat the Bucks tonight. 0-2 start to a very, very challenging five-game road trip. Back with more thoughts after this on Bucks Talk. One nineteen, one sixteen. the final in Portland. The Blazers beat the Bucks. A very, very disappointing start to this five-game road trip for the Bucks. I believe they wrap up January 8-8, eight and eight too. What was that? That was me making two eights. 
Eight and eight, so uh, their first non-winning month of the season. At least it wasn't a losing month. But eight and eight kind of speaks to uh, the numbers that we had seen. You know, you, you talk about the disastrous start to this road trip. Well, disastrous, I don't know if we can go that far yet. Because, again, there was a lot of encouraging things that you saw Monday in Denver. Um, I, we talked about this at the end of the, the, the network post game as well, that I know you're sick of hearing it's going to take time and to be patient. And in some ways it almost is moving the goalposts because – I'm going to say it once more, is going to continue to take time when you now add to the mix another coaching change and the changes that will come from that. The fact that, as, as Doc said, even before the game today, we heard about this after and before the Denver game, but before the game today, too, of you know, reviewing some of the film with Dave Yeager and some of the other coaches, Rex Kalami and the other new addition, um, they're running a lot of the same sets they ran under Bud, as he said. They just changed the verbiage and what they were calling them. So, like, there's at least that continuity, and the, and they know what to do. So, we're kind of learning them and figuring out where can we step in and, uh, hey, why don't we do this? Why don't we add this wrinkle? And that's going to be the part that takes time. I do think, just hearing some of the things that Doc Rivers said after the game tonight – Hearing some of the things that Doc Rivers said after and before the game on Monday as well. Uh, I mentioned this on Monday's post-game show too. If, if if you had not heard Doc Rivers in the media prior to this, it is quite a change from what the Bucks have had recently. The candor that you'll get from Doc Rivers, the, the charisma and the personality that he brings, even tonight, he said... You know, he was asked one of the questions about the bench, and yeah, he played nine guys. Are you kind of locked into that number? And even the answer he gave there of like, I can't really say too much. All I'm going to tell you is we got some guys with minutes restrictions. This is the hands. This is the hand I've been dealt. This is what we're going to do for now. Um, I think we're going to learn a lot more about this team and what they're working on. Just listening to Doc Rivers, but I think what's clear is. You've seen the defense overall perform better for the last week, starting one week ago tonight, when that was the first game Joe Prunty was your interim head coach. Bucks beat the Cavs. Then you have the Friday night loss to the Cavs. Uh, then you have the Saturday night win over the Pelicans. And now these two games. If you only watch the first half, you're not going to buy me saying the defense looked better. It looked better in the fourth quarter. There was a lot of problems with the defense in the previous three and a half quarters, really. Um, but by and large, if we just look at these five games, and, and five games is still not a large enough sample, but if we look at those five games, the defense has been better. The offense has not. And Doc has talked about that a couple of times. You know, he said after the game against the Nuggets, the offense lost us this game, or this loss was on the offense. This was an offensive loss tonight. Um, the offense, again, was not good enough tonight. And when you go down the list here, it's it's tough to win a game if you don't have a dominant defense. If you don't have an elite defense, it's going to be tough to win a game when you shoot 29% on threes. It's even tougher to win when your two best shooters go 4 of 19 on their threes. And when your opponent shoots 43%, when the discrepancy 
for you versus the opponent, three-point shooting percentage is, what, 14 basis points. That's usually not a recipe for success. But I, I do think when you listen to Doc Rivers here, I think it's going to be imperative, and it's going to be one of the bigger things that he works on is how do we get Damian Lillard going? Whether that's putting the ball in his hands more, whether it's him initiating the offense more, it's kind of alluded to that, right? And I thought it was very telling, too, what he said about that final possession. When you're suddenly up by one, you get that two good plays defensively where Malik Beasley challenges, forces that out of bounds. Unfortunately, you don't score on that. And that's not to get sidetracked here. That's another one of those interesting rules. You have the sideline out of bounds play. And we've seen the Bucks run this play a number of times with Chris Middleton. You get the lob to Giannis. They have that baked-in chemistry. But that's your play when the shot clock's at 24 seconds. You run that, Giannis is fouled, so it's one second off the shot clock, one and a half. And it's not a shooting foul. I'm still not quite sure how that was not a shooting foul, but it's not a shooting foul. And the rule states, well, it's your ball, but we got to reset the shot clock. So you lose basically nine seconds on the shot clock because they fouled Giannis at the rim. Now, that didn't really play a role, but your defense led to that opportunity. You don't score. Your defense comes up with another big play. Getting that steal, getting the basket on the lob to Giannis. But Doc Rivers talked about that final possession. After you had the Anthony Simons floater that gave the Blazers a one-point lead, and this is why I think... You're going to see a heavy emphasis on Damian Lillard in these final, what, 34 games we're looking at, I believe? 32 and 16, the Bucs are. They played 48 games. So the final 34 games. I think we've heard enough from Doc Rivers to know there's going to be a pretty big emphasis on Damian Lillard. Uh, Part of it is the answer he gave about that final possession, but part of it is the context, and some other things that Doc Rivers has said along the way in these last couple of days. We'll get into that conversation after this on Bucks Talk. All right, so why I think you're going to see a heavy emphasis on Damian Lillard, you know, number one, this is why you go get Damian Lillard. And you talked about trying to get him going, right? Part of that is playing within rhythm. And I've mentioned this before on game broadcasts, the games where you see Dame hit his first shot or hits two of his first three, two of his first four, the shots start to fall early. Those are typically good Damian Lillard games. He's he's getting more shots. He's looking for his shot more, and his teammates are looking for him. He did get 23 field goal attempts tonight. But there are a lot of missed opportunities. And, you know, we talked about this early in the season, that one of the adjustments is adjusting to Damian Lillard off the ball with the amount of movement that he has. You know, obviously Steph Curry is still number one in the league in terms of his off-the-ball movement, but Damian Lillard does it quite a bit too. And figuring out, once he reroutes himself, i got to look for him and i got to get him the ball. That has been an opportunity for the Bucks all season long. I think you saw a number of those plays tonight. That final play of the game, too, 
You know, we heard from Doc Rivers. Brooke Lopez at the time of that shot was four of nine on his threes. And Brooke Lopez has been shooting the three much better of late. It was a good play by Malcolm Brogdon to challenge and to help out to force the ball out of Damian Lillard's hands to find Brooke Lopez. But we heard bluntly from Doc Rivers, they made the right play because we've told these guys, look for your open teammates. They made the right play. Seeing Brooks open, if 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 Malcolm Brogdon's going to switch over and double me, somebody's open, and that somebody is Brooke Lopez. Gets him the ball. There was a hard closeout, and I believe it was Jeremy Grant, but I don't recall now. A hard closeout, Brooke pump fakes. The moment he pump fakes, you get the defense a little bit, and there was some more opportunity, whether it was putting the ball on the floor and trying to attack, obviously not ideal with a seven-footer, but it's still one of those actions you would encourage, getting the ball to Giannis in the post or looking back to Damian Lillard. But one of those actions should have been what you went with, and that's what Doc Rivers said too. You like the initial you know, look from Dame. If Brooke isn't going to shoot it there, once he pump fakes is, is when you got to get off the ball. We've seen that a lot with Dame. Whether it's not bringing the ball up the floor, you know he's not going to be the primary guy or the only guy, I should say, with Giannis and his ability. But that is going to be one of the adjustments to keep an eye on in the second half is how much does that shift? How much does Doc Rivers say, we want Dame as the guy that's that's bringing it up the floor the majority of the time. When we get a rebound, look to Dame. Get him in transition. Allow him to find Giannis. We're not saying eliminate Giannis from transition. He's deadly there. But let's look for Dame a lot more. And even before the game when he said, you know, a lot of times when you have this type of change, guys are trying to fit in. And I've, I've tried to tell Dame, and we heard Doc say this before he took the Bucks job. You know, Dame, you don't need to fit in. You don't need to adjust to the team. They need to adjust to you. You're a superstar. They need to figure out, okay, we've added this. How do we make it work around him? Not how does this guy take a step backward and fit in with us? So I think everything we've heard Doc Rivers say I think you're going to see more statistically from Damian Lillard in the second half, and they're going to need it because nights like this, you know, again, and this is not pinning the loss on Damian Lillard, but nights like this are going to be tough to overcome if you don't have, maybe not even elite, if you don't have a top 10 defense. It's going to be tough to win when you're shooting 29% on three and half of your field goal attempts are threes. 855-616-1620, the number to join us tonight on Bucks Talk. Um, I mentioned those standings, too, because this month of January has opened up the door for some other teams, and we've seen the standings start to change. On this final day in January, it is much, much different than it looked when we opened up the month. We'll get into that after this on Bucks Talk. The problem for the Bucks in January... They did go 8-8. Eight and eight. They had the 22nd rated defense in the month of January, which we had started to see signs of late in December, right? But they had the 11th ranked offense. And again, this team is predicated on continuing to get the defense better, making some strides there, and and hopefully getting a league average or slightly better than league average defense and an elite offense. 11th is not elite, 
So if your offensive rating is 11th, your defensive rating is 22nd, you're not going to be very good in the net. And net rating, the Bucks set at 14. They were basically flat. I mentioned the changes that we saw in January, and that is the Bucks and the 76ers. For a large portion of the season, the Celtics were number one, Bucks and the Sixers were two and three, and they were a couple of games back of, of Boston, you know, two, three games. That number is growing now with this loss tonight. And after the Sixers, after the Sixers at three is where you saw a drop-off. Four, five, and six were three-ish games back of Philly. And then from there, you had the drop-off into the playing tournament teams. That drop-off is now from one to two. Because as we sit here, the Bucks are five games back of the Boston Celtics. And again, the Bucks have the most challenging remaining schedule in the league. The Celtics have the second easiest. It's going to take a lot to reduce that number that currently sits at five. But because the Bucks went eight and eight this month, and because the 76ers went seven and seven, the New York Knicks the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Those were your best teams in terms of win percentage in this month. 14-2 and two were the Knicks. A lot of this coincided with the arrival of OG Ananobi and the way their defense has been playing. 14-2 and two for the Knicks, 12-3 and three for the Clippers, 11-2 and two for the Cavaliers. And the Knicks and Cavs specifically, 1-2 and two defensively in this month, and it is by a wide margin. 104.4 defensive rating for the Knicks. 106.1 for the Cavs. Next in line is the Timberwolves at 109.8. So basically four points per 100 possessions behind the Cavs. More than five back of the Knicks. And then you have another drop-off by about two points to the Grizzlies. So that's the level the Knicks and the Cavs have been on this month. And that's what's made the Eastern Conference very, very interesting with the Celtics now up five games on the Bucks, up six on the Knicks, who are suddenly sitting at third in the East, up six and a half on the Cavs, who are fourth, and the Sixers are fifth, seven games back with some distressing news about their reigning MVP we'll get to in a moment. So we'll preview that. We'll get to the road trip, the rest of it, two days off, much needed, and then another tough challenge. And the latest on Joel Embiid. We'll get to all of that after this on Bucks Talk. All right, a tough start to the road trip. 0-2, and it doesn't get any easier. The Mavs on Saturday, the Jazz on Sunday, the Suns in six days, Tuesday night in Phoenix. Uh, I mentioned the Bucks and the Sixers limped through the month of December. Philadelphia literally limping through the month. You won't see Joel Embiid on the floor tomorrow night in Utah. Um, th- we should open this up over the weekend when we have some more time, but the discourse that currently surrounds the update to the CBA with players have to play in 65 games. Uh, as a big proponent of the notion that the best ability is availability, I don't really have a problem with it. And also, look, you would have had a handful of players that wouldn't have been eligible for all NBA honors a season ago if this rule was in place then. One of them is our very own Giannis, who I believe played in 63 games. But, 
and I hesitate to even say this, Giannis has missed three games this two games this year. Um, Nikola Jokic tonight missed his second game. Joel Embiid will not play tomorrow. That will be the 13th game he has missed. And the report from Ramona Shel- Shelburne weeks ago was this like a four- to six-week injury, and this is something he's going to have to deal with for the remainder of the season. That, to me, is an encouraging, number one, but it's certainly not encouraging if you're thinking, well, if he's only got four more games that he can miss after tomorrow, I think he'll find a way to do that. I, I don't see it. And now you're immediately seeing the backlash of, well, this is a dumb rule. And it forced the injury. It forced Joel Embiid because he wanted to get on the floor. He wanted to disprove the naysayers. He wanted to be eligible for these. Something had to be done in the last couple of years. And we've seen a step taken towards that. Most of these players were going to be eligible. Again, Giannis, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, LeBron James, those are the guys that would have missed it. Uh, but we'll get into this discussion much more over the weekend. Saturday night, 7.30 tip in Dallas, the Bucks and the Mavericks. 7 o'clock is when our coverage begins, and as always, be sure to stick around after the game for Bucks Talk.